0: Today's episode of Locked Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. If you need more hockey news every day, then Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in game recaps on Locked On NHL. You're Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, July 6th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, good morning, everyone. We are back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast after the 4th of July weekend. Hopefully, y'all spent your weekend uh, outside, grilling, maybe at the beach uh, I don't know, just hopefully you were having a good time, you know, with some friends and family and just got to enjoy the lovely weather we had around the Chicago area this weekend. And hopefully also, you didn't have as stressful of a weekend as I did. Let me tell you a quick story about my weekend before getting into some stuff on the show here today. So, to paint a picture, on Saturday afternoon, or I guess more like Saturday night at this point, uh, I drove down to Chicago from the northwest suburbs And I got to the city somewhere around 8 o'clock, probably. Um, Parked on the street in Wrigleyville. And right as I saw my buddy running out of his apartment complex to come and find me and and let me into his place, uh, he's running across the street, going the wrong direction from where I'm parked. So instinctively, I jump out of my car and go to yell at him. Not not yell at him, but yell so he can hear me and realize he's going the wrong way and, and come and find me. Uh, right as I do that, I get out of my car and close my door and realize I had left my keys in my front seat. So now, it's 8 o'clock on a Saturday night in Chicago. Sunday is the 4th of July, and I have locked my keys in my car. No one is back home in my house, back in the suburbs to come and bring me my spare keys. So really, my only choice from that point um, was to drive all the way back to the suburbs, about a 45-minute drive that turned into uh, about an hour drive because of traffic. Went and got my spare keys and then drove all the way back to Chicago to try and salvage what I could and somewhat enjoy my weekend. Um, Fortunately, I did wind up, you know, making it there in a decent time period, a couple, two hours, Uh, didn't get a ticket while I was parked on the street or anything, and finally did get my car unlocked, and then went on to have uh, a pretty good time with some of my buddies, so everything did eventually wind up working out, but not without a little bit of a hiccup, as for some reason always seems to be the case with me. But anyways, just wanted to keep uh, all the listeners out there updated with how my weekend went, and as I said, hopefully yours wasn't quite as stressful or frustrating as mine was, and hopefully uh, it was a little bit more relaxing. But with yesterday still being the back end of a holiday weekend, I know I wasn't feeling all that great myself. I'm sure not everyone out there was quite back to their work week and back to their normal schedules, per se. So I decided to push on over our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. We're going to have Talk Back Tuesday this week, of course, which is the segment where I answer a question from a couple of the fans right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Not a lot of questions, though, this weekend with the holiday and everything. But one question I did get on Twitter came from at the price is right, with right spelled R Y T E, who asked Do you think the Hawks realistically get away with trading Duncan Keith without having to retain salary? And do you think we get anything of value in return without having to give up assets if we do? Retain salary. So kind of a two-parter question here. Uh, The first one, I guess I will address first. Do you think the Hawks realistically get away with trading Duncan Keith without having to retain salary? And the short answer to this simply is no. With Duncan Keith going to be 38 years old this season, his play has taken a, a pretty pretty decent decline the past couple of seasons now. I'm not sure how much of that is his game falling off or just him playing too much of a role for the Blackhawks, but either way, Duncan Keith clearly is not the defenseman he was three, four, or five seasons ago now. Um, and while $5.5 million isn't a ton of money, it's still enough that teams aren't going to want to take that on with, without either the Hawks having to retain salary or getting some sort of a sweetener, or potentially uh, both if the Hawks aren't wanting to retain all that much of the salary. But looking at this, again, my simple answer is no. Um, looking at it just from a financial standpoint, $5.5 5 million in a COVID-strapped, uh, salary cap era for all these teams, the flat cap over the next couple of years will remain at $81.5 million. I just don't see the Hawks not having to retain at least a million or two of that money on their books for the next couple of seasons. Um, by the way, one thing I did want to mention, the latest news, Ooh, pardon me while I Interrupt this segment with a yawn and a stretch. I don't know where that came from a little bit out of nowhere. It is still a tad bit early this morning. Um, but the latest news we have on Duncan Keith is that it seems like uh, the Edmonton Oilers are one of the teams that are interested in, in potentially trading for Keith. If he does want to waive his no-movement clause to go there, uh, it's looking like them and the Kraken are really the two teams that financially are going to be able to make it work also with the buildup of the roster and what the team is trying to do at this point, that seems like the best two fits for Keith um but even with I guess getting into the second part of this question now, assuming Keith goes to Edmonton, they're definitely going to have the Blackhawks are definitely going to have to retain some salary, so I do not think there's any realistic way that they get away with that um, going on to the second part of this question now, do you think? the Blackhawks get anything of value in return without having to give up assets if we do retain Keith, uh, retain salary for Keith, excuse me. Um, and for Seattle with the position they're in financially, one of the few teams that can actually take on a lot of bad contracts at the moment. Um, they, the Kraken may not, Re, uh, asked the Blackhawks to retain salary, but that means we're, we're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit with um, either a younger player, maybe a, a Philip Kurashev, um Dylan Strom, I think, if we put Dylan Strom in the conversation, which if you turned into my interview I had with Charlie Romeliotis last Friday, he really does not think the Blackhawks are desperate to trade Dylan Strom. But if they do... Put him in a deal for Duncan Keith, just a hypothetical here. Um, I do think the Blackhawks would be able to get something of value in return, but of course, that's going to have to be getting rid of a guy like Dylan Strom as well as getting rid of um, our 16 year top defenseman in Duncan Keith. So I don't know if you'd really consider that value when you give up that much. So. Kind of a tough situation here for the Blackhawks. I don't expect them to get anything significant in return unless they sweeten the pot a ton. Um, and even then, uh, with giving someone a 38-year-old defenseman who's not at the peak of his game, I still don't think anyone's all that desperate to acquire that and uh, also give up something of that much value back to Chicago in return. So, um that, that's how I feel about the key situation, uh, and I'm sure we'll only hear more in the next couple of weeks as more details emerge on this story. The second question I want to answer here today was it came via email from Caleb Francis. Thank you, Caleb, for reaching out over the weekend. Caleb emailed in to ask, "Do you think the Blackhawks will use their final forward spot in the Seattle Expansion Draft on David Kampf?" Well, Caleb, it certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility. And as of right now, I think it all just kind of depends on what the Blackhawks decide to do with Vinny Hinestroza and Adam Gaudette, because those three guys, I believe, are the ones in contention for that final forward protection slot. If the Blackhawks do wind up feeling like they don't have the room to bring back Henestrosa, and Gaudet, then I do think Camp winds up being that seventh and last guy in. However, if the Blackhawks are wanting to bring just one of those two guys back, then the conversation gets a little bit more interesting. I personally think I would rather take a shot on keeping Vinny or Gaudet over Camp. But I will say it's tough for a team in the midst of a rebuild, but there is a ton of value in having a great fourth-line face-off winning setter like David Camp, a guy who can play a major role on the penalty kill and when he's out there is trusted to be able to handle his job and be responsible defensively. Let's not overlook that fact that there is value there. So I'm just not sure if there's value for a team like the Blackhawks at the moment. So, Caleb, I kind of see both sides of the spectrum here. I see why they would uh, rather use a spot on one of the other two, but I also see the argument for why they should use it on a guy like David Camp. So I guess I kind of don't have an answer at the moment. Um, but also like the situation with Duncan Keith, I'm sure we're going to hear more in the next couple of weeks before the Seattle expansion draft takes place later this month. All right, I think that takes care of our Talk Back Tuesday fan segment here on the show. Coming up in just a moment, it's time to get into yet another 2021 NHL Draft Profile. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. RockAuto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend... 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just finished up our weekly mailbag fan segment. Moving on now here on the show, it's time to get into yet another 2021 NHL draft profile. Last week, with all the updates on the lawsuit and the news about Jonathan Taze and Duncan Keith coming out as well, all of that kind of took center stage a little bit and was the forefront of the show for the most part. And I was kind of forced to get away from the NHL draft for a week. I believe the last prospect I broke down was Cole Sillinger. I can't remember if that was last Monday or if that was two weeks ago now. But anyways, time to get into our next 2021 NHL draft profile here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today, it's time to take a look at 18-year-old forward Xavier Borgo. A 6-foot, 170-pound center who has played his junior career for Shawinigan in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, alongside Maverick Bork, who some of you, some of the listeners out there could remember from last year's NHL draft. He was another player that I broke down here on the show, and he wound up getting selected in the first round by the rival Dallas Stars. But for Borgo, um, he's another kind of wild card here, in the first round of the draft this year, because there are some major, like Atu Ratu, there are some major differences in the rankings done by the scouts and the websites for the draft. Some scouts have Borgo following, falling, excuse me, somewhere in the 13 through 19 range. TSN's Bob McKenzie has him at number 21. Uh, Craig Button actually has him down at number 27. And then some others have him all the way as far back as 35 and 37, which would put him in the second round of the draft. I don't think he's going to fall that hard personally, but I just wanted to show that there are a lot of separate, uh, separate opinions on where Borgo is going to land in the next couple of weeks. And with the Blackhawks at number 11, I mean, that could be... A little bit early for him. But again, this is a very up-in-the-air draft year, so uh wouldn't go as far at all to say that Borgo is out of the picture. It just could be viewed as a little bit of a reach, potentially, if he does wind up going that early. But breaking down Borgo's game a little bit, um, as I said earlier, about 6 foot, 170 pounds, and so far in his career, He's bounced between playing center and the right wing positions. He certainly does have the playmaking and the vision to be a center at the NHL level, but what's kind of held him back a little bit, or at least in scouts' eyes, is he's not exactly the speediest on his skates, and he also hasn't exactly been known for his defensive play up to this point. I talk about this with a lot of prospects, though. Just because that isn't a strength of their game yet, that doesn't necessarily mean they'll wind up being a poor defensive player at the next level or anything. There's just a little bit more to work on in that area compared to some of the other guys who are in the conversation of being this high of a pick. So, Speed and lack of a two-way game kind of are the biggest knacks on Borgo, and what could cost him to uh, the potential of playing the center position at the NHL level. Uh, But regardless of what position this kid plays, in my opinion, I think he has a strong skill set that can translate to wherever, wherever position he's at. He's Very good on his edges in the offensive zone. He has that ability to create time and space for himself in order to make something happen. And then his passing and his playmaking ability around the net and in transition is probably the strongest part of his game. Not only is he a solid playmaker, though, he also has a very deceptive wrist shot that tends to fool goaltenders more often than you would think. He's just a great, he has a knack for making the right play at the right time inside the dots, whether it be makes a a great extra pass to find one of his teammates wide open for a tap-in in front of the net, or if he knows when to blow it by the glove side of the goaltender, he also... Uh, has the ability to go and set a screen. He He's gritty, not afraid of... Sh- he's, he won't ever shy away from contact in front of the net. He knows what he has to do to get the job done on the offensive side of things. Um, but I think the part about him that people don't realize is he's more of a gifted goal scorer than he gets credit for because going and looking at his numbers... Um, this past season for Shawinigan, even though he only got to play in 29 games because of COVID, I believe the team as a whole only played in 36 or something like that. Um, but even though Borgol got to play in just 29 games, he still managed to tally 40 points with 20 of those being goals. Um, and even in the year prior, his second year in the queue with Shawinigan, Borgo recorded 33 goals and 38 assists for 71 points in 63 games played, so a lot of his work does come from putting the puck in the back of the net as well. And one other thing I also really liked about Borgo's offensive game is just his his determination and his strong work ethic, because not, not only is he really solid on his edges and he's able to turn in a hurry to turn his back to the defender and protect the puck in order to make make a pass or, or make a play happen but he also creates a lot offensively by just winning battles along the boards or getting separation by winning a race to the loose puck. If you go and watch his highlights, not I mean not not only does he force a ton of turnovers because of his body position, but he also knows kind of when to crank it into gear to make a play happen. It's kind of weird. I don't I don't really know how to put it into terms. Like, he's not a speedy player, as I mentioned before, but the first couple steps, his acceleration is very sneaky good. He's not gonna go on the back check and be racing all over the ice. But he does have a, a solid first couple of strides. And then after that, he he's very good at using his body in order to create some distance from the defender and the puck. And that's the style of play I really believe can translate at any level, especially because you would only expect Borgo to get stronger and get closer to that 200, 200 pound frame eventually. So that's what I really like about him. He's got that deceptive shot, of course. He's a great playmaker, and he's scrappy in all the areas you want him to be offensively. The concerns here really are just about the 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 defensive game and his speed when he has to change directions, which you know, for a player who, as I mentioned a moment ago, is touted to have great determination and work ethic, for a player who's got those two things, theoretically, then you would believe those two areas shouldn't be that much of a concern going forward if that is, uh, if those things are true. So overall, um, I do think number 11 could be a bit early for Xavier Borgot to go. Um, Because I'm just not sure if he has the same offensive upside that others in this projected area do. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be, you know, an insane playmaker in the NHL or a game changer or anything as, you know, like a a top-line staple or a number-one piece of the franchise. But I do believe he could be, like, a very solid top-six winger one day if everything pans out for him. Like, he's got the, the grittiness... If he can if he can figure it out defensively, he could be a very solid second-line winger one day, I really believe. He plays hard. He's very skillful. I just feel like 11 could be a little too early for Borgo in this year's draft. But again, a lot of things remain up in the air right now. So um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens when the 2021 NHL draft kicks off in just two and a half weeks ladies and gentlemen all right that will take care of forward xavier borgo's 2021 nhl draft profile coming up in just a minute we still have to get into Vinny Hinnestroza's 2021 season recap but first I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is getting into the summer swing. The NBA and NHL playoffs are getting towards the second round. UFC is an all-year-round sport, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's seriously the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I just wrapped up Xavier Borgos' 2021 NHL Draft Profile. Now, before I finish the show here today, I still have to get into forward Vinny Hinnestroza's 2021 season recap, which, by the way, I will only be talking about his time with the Blackhawks this year, so... A little bit shorter of a segment here today, just a quick FYI. But for Vinny, of course, he was reacquired by general manager Stan Bowman and the Blackhawks back in April from the Florida Panthers in exchange for AHL forward Brad Morrison, an easy deal to make for the Blackhawks, and it wound up working quite well in their favor because in 17 games for the Hawks, wound, uh wound up recording... Four goals and eight assists for 12 points. While Morrison, you know, didn't even get a sniff of the Panthers' lineup. So uh, a no-brainer win for the Blackhawks, bringing back a guy in Henestroza who had been part of the organization before. Of course, he is a a Chicago native himself, so going back to a situation he was a little bit more comfortable with it and giving up really, no offense to Brad Morrison, but nothing in return back to the Panthers. And then Henestrosa comes in right away and plays an immediate impact in the Hawks' middle six forward group. And, And really is giving this organization now something to think about this offseason. That's how well he played for the Hawks in that small window this past season. And again, um, looking at some of his numbers, out of those 12 points I just mentioned, all 12 of them came at even strength in his 17 games played. And he was also trusted right away uh, on both sides of the puck by head coach Jeremy Colleton. Looking at Pinistro's average time on ice, he averaged 13 minutes and 34 seconds per game with the Hawks this season. That was his highest since two years ago in 2018 19 with the Arizona Coyotes. So, not only did Vinny play much better than he has for a couple of seasons now, but he was also given much more of an opportunity than he had both with the Panthers and kind of in his final year with the Yotes as well, it looks like. Now, um, I don't want to get into Vinny's, you know, numbers too much here because they are a little skewed with only 17 games of data, but all in all, I mean, he was really impressive for Chicago. There's no other way to put it. Uh, He shot 14.8%. He also recorded 34 hits in his 17 games played despite being only, you know, 5'9", 175 pounds. Clearly, Henestrosa was just juiced to be given a chance to play in this league again, and he really made the most of it. Sadly, I don't know if the Blackhawks are going to have room for him going forward, but if it were me, I'd take Vinny Hinnestroza on my third line any day of the week if you can get the right guys around him. Honestly, I think Hinnestroza and Dylan Strom could potentially be two solid pieces of a third line for the Blackhawks. Um... But taking everything into consideration, looking at the short amount of data we have for Vinny this season with Chicago, how can I not give him an A? I mean, 12 points in 17 games, all at even strength. The shooting percentage was great. He wasn't scared to shoot it. He was physical. He had more takeaways than giveaways. There's just absolutely no complaints at all from me, and honestly, I was a little bit surprised when I looked at the voters' opinions on this. 53% of the voters thought that Vinny Hinnestroza was deserving of a B. 37 voted for an A, which came in second. That I wasn't surprised by. But then 10% voted for a C, which was just a little strange to me. I don't know how you think Vinny was just an average guy for the Blackhawks in his 17 games this year. I thought he was nothing short of fantastic, and that's why I'm going to agree with 37% of you all and give Henestroza an A for how he played in his second stint with the Blackhawks in his NHL career. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, July 6th episode of Locked Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go and get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, which is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey. Make sure to go and give both of them a follow for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates.